You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5. It says that my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom. And I told you last time, I believe this is because Paul came from Athens where he tried to debate with them. There was no Athenian church. There was no uh, really anything that was lasting there. He tried to reason with them. And I know a lot of people like that. And they say, well, let's reason with one another. Okay, I'm, I'm fine with that. But, but, but this is what he said after that. He said, but I'm, I'm not going to speak to you so that you, you, um, your faith would be in the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, that your faith should not stand in words only, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men. See, a lot of people talk the word, but they don't expect anything to happen. Some people memorize the word or even speak the word, but they expect absolutely nothing to happen. You have not arrived to such a place as that. I believe what he says, and I believe he'll do what he says. And so therefore there's a power. Mark 16, 20 says, and they went forth everywhere and preached the word, not their opinion. They preached the word. They preached doctrine, and the Lord worked with them. In other words, God needs someone to work with. If you're not working with him, he can't work with you. And he won't work with your opinion. He doesn't work with just theology. He works with doctrine. He works with his word. But it's not enticing words of men's wisdom, but it's the word of God. And then there's a demonstration. Everybody say a demonstration. God would like to demonstrate. God would like to demonstrate, and he's been doing that. Man, if you were here Wednesday night, we had a demonstration. We've been having lots of demonstrations on Wednesday night. We have demonstrations on Sunday morning. That was just a demonstration of the presence of God. God demonstrates that he's real. It reminds me of um, back in the day when people used to uh, be um, vacuum cleaners door to door. They would go in, and you would open the door, and before you knew it, they were throwing dirt on your carpet, I understand. And then that vacuum cleaner better work. But it worked so good, they were so confident that they were going to make you mad that after they made you mad, that it was going to be much cleaner than everything around that you would buy their vacuum cleaner. What was that? I'm going to demonstrate to you how good my product is. Well, God is the one who originated that. He's always been demonstrating. He's always been demonstrating. He told the children of Israel, you know, at the end, uh, back when they were all backslidden, he said, the God who answers by fire, let him be God. He demonstrated who he was. And what did the backslidden Israelites say? My Lord and my God. I tell you, you've come to the time of demonstration, not word only. Remember what the Apostle Paul said. I, I'm not going to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What does that mean? Jesus was crucified, but he was raised from the dead. That's what I'm going to know among you. That's what I'm going to tell you about. So our faith doesn't rest just in the, the wisdom of men, nor do we just preach or teach from the word of God and expect nothing. This is not just morality. That We believe in the power of God. I felt a little Pentecostal preacher spit with that one. Hallelujah. We believe in the power of God. Amen. Need shields up here. Hallelujah. Power. Everybody say power. See, there's P has spit with that power. Come on, you need some power. Come on, you got to let go of. Well, maybe it'll. You should be more surprised when God doesn't show up than when He does show up. 
Come on. If your faith's not working, you should be, something's wrong here because it always works. Amen. Amen. So your faith is resting in the power of God. So everybody say, my faith. Rest in the power of God. So last week we determined, we talked about the power of God was towards you. We said the power of God is in you. The power of God comes upon you, and then the power of God works through you. The power of God is towards you. The power of God is in you. The power of God comes on you, and then the power of God works through you. So we talked about the power of God towards you. Ephesians chapter 1 says this power was towards you. What, what was that? When Jesus, the greatest display of power ever, was raised from the dead, and when you believe on his resurrection from the dead, when you believe the work was finished and the Holy Ghost went into hell and pulled Jesus straight up, hallelujah, and he went to the mercy seat and put his blood on it and then he sat down and then everyone who believes on that resurrection it was as though at the same time you were raised from the dead with him that resurrection power is towards you and then we found out that the power is in you you are the temple of the holy ghost 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 6, 19 says you're the temple. And that is likened to the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament. Wherever that Ark went, wherever that Ark went, the presence of God went. Remember, they put the Ark of the Covenant in, and the waters divided on either side, and they went across on dry ground. When the Ark was left at Obed-Edom's house, they were a success all the way around. When the Ark of the Covenant was present, they won the victories. They won the battles. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, that's the presence of God. And that presence of God, when they set that ark in, in the, um, with that God, Dagon, Dagon, they, he fell. Hallelujah. And that same presence of God causes your enemies to scatter. It doesn't matter what it is. We've got a name that's above every name. And you're seated with Jesus in Christ in heavenly places far above. Far above. Come on, far above. The power of God's working on the inside of you. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you. Come on, you need, you need to look in the mirror every once in a while and say, God lives in that. God lives in you. Come on, no reason to be discouraged. God lives in you. You didn't get a lesser God. You didn't skip part of God. You got all of that God is. Hallelujah. Greater, greater, greater is he that is in you. Hallelujah. Then we have this revelation. Christ in you, the anointed one in you, the hope, hope, expectation. Hope is not, human hope is putting things off to the future. Bible hope is a confident, joyful expectation. Christ, the anointed one in me with a confident, joyful expectation. I have this treasure in my earthen vessel. Come on. Remember we talked about you're a cracked pot for Jesus. you got to get it out. He's in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. What is glory? The power of God in manifestation. Come on, you are walking temples. Remember what God said? He said, I'm no longer going to live in things built by man's hand. Now, God doesn't live here. God doesn't live here, but he lives here. And when we get you, the lively stones. Oh, man, we got some lively stones up in here. I like lively stones. Better than a dead stone. Hallelujah. When the lively stones come together, we join our houses together and we create a habitation. And then God manifests himself in his power and his glory. So we need some lively stones in order for him to manifest in a building. 
but you are the temples of the Holy Ghost. God lives in you. God lives in you. God lives in you. No. God lives in you. The resurrection power of God lives in you. That's why Romans says the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Romans 8, 13, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead will quicken. What does that word quicken, King James? It means to make alive. Make alive. In context, it's talking about keeping your flesh under control. Now, I know, you know, this is the wild bunch. I know none of you need to keep your flesh under control. None of you have any problem with sin, but just say if you did. How do you do that? Well, if you walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. And if you'll be aware of the quickening power, it will deaden your members so that you can yield them unto righteousness. Amen. Same power. Same power. Same power. Not a different power, not a lesser power. Same power. They raised Jesus from the dead. It lives in you. Come on. Woo. That power is towards you. That power is in you. Today we're going to get that power on you. John chapter 20, verse 22. After Jesus' resurrection, now he's, you know, while he was walking on the earth, he was all God, all man. When he was anointed of the Holy Ghost, he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Now he's been raised from the dead. The apostles are together. He goes in, and in John chapter 20, verse 22, this is what happens. John chapter 20, verse 22 says, And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Now, I want to take you back to the book of Genesis. When God created Adam, the Bible talks about he formed them. Pastor Rhonda says it this way. That's the only time you see God get his hands dirty. He took us from the dust of the earth. You've ever heard, been at a funeral, I don't use this one, but I've heard people say it. You know, from the dust we came and from the dust we returned. Um, you know, I don't want any of my dust. Get me a nice casket. Hallelujah. Anyway, so, but, um, but, but the deal is this. He, Adam was formed. Now, I don't know this and neither do you. I don't want to put any supposition in you. But was his brain working? Was his heart working? I don't know. You don't know. But this is what I do know. The Bible says it wasn't until God breathed in him, the ruhah, the breath of life, that he became a living being. And then what happened was the devil knocked the breath out of man. The wind. The power. And then man fell breathless. God breathless. Jesus, now all God, after his resurrection, what did he do? He breathed on them. Here comes the breath of God again, just like in the beginning. And he said this, receive the Holy Ghost. And what happened when that happened? They, got, they were born again. They were born of the Spirit. So now we got these people who got their breath back. They're born again. Now, you know, you know um, I, when, we get, when people come to get born again, it's not something where we do. You know, we don't breathe on everybody or anything like that. I'm not God. But literally what happens is they become alive with a new birth. We were dead men walking, and now we're alive unto God. The Zoe, the God kind of life. Okay? And now what happens? Well, we got that power working in us because we're born again, right? I want to clear you, clearly show you some different things. 
So now we're going to talk about the power of God on you. We're going to talk about the power of God on you. And so I want to start with what Jesus has to do with the power of God on you. And we're going to start in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3, familiar scripture, verse 11. John the Baptist said, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Everybody say, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. and fire. fire. Sounds like where the fire falls. Come tonight. And so he'll, Jesus will baptize you. That word baptize is baptismo. And it is the same word used for water baptism. Now, you know, doctrinally being doctrinally correct, a sprinkle will never do. There's nothing in the word of God about sprinkle. That's not baptism. That's getting wet. Because the full picture is that you go under the water, full immersion, leaving your sins behind. You get up in the new, in new life. And so here, what, G, what the Word of God is saying is that Jesus, after you get water baptized, after you're born again, then there's another baptism. There's another baptism. Now, a lot of times when people get this other baptism in our circles, they emphasize the tongues. Tongues is just an evidence. It's just an evidence. And there's all kinds of benefits with it. If you don't understand it, we have a book. I think we have it out there. If not, I'm sure a lot of people have been asking for it. It's called um, uh, Beyond the Upper Room. It's by Kenneth E. Hagin. Um, he wrote that book. I don't know how he did it. After he went home to be with the Lord. And it's a, the subtitle is Everything You Ever Needed to Know. And I know Brother Hagin didn't do it because he, he would have never made that title. Um, because he was always like, I don't know everything. But it says everything you ever need to know about you know, the Holy Ghost or whatever. And it is everything you ever needed to know. It's a great book. They've compiled everything. So you get that. Be familiar. Today I'm going to tell you some things. Not that you're not filled. Not that you don't speak with other tongues. But you need to know why you believe what you believe. Amen. It's not, well, I just go to church where that happens. Not enough. you got to know scripture. Because in this hour that we live in, people not only need to get born again. We have arrived in the last days. They need the power of God. You see, with Jesus, it wasn't an option, and we're going to see that. The church today has made it an option. It was never meant to be an option. It was really a requirement if you want to make it. All right, I want to show you this. So here we got Jesus, so full immersion in what? In fire. Full immersion, just like full immersion in water, Jesus now is the baptizer, <laughs> full immersion in, in fire, not full immersion in tongues. Tongues is an evidence. Don't, push that to the side for a minute. I want to talk to you about power. I want to talk to you about fire. <laughs> Woo! All right. So um, John 16, 7 says this. Jesus talking, he said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. Let's just talk about truth. To, listen, facts today, you even got to investigate every fact. Because it depends on where you get it. <laughs> if there's any truth in it at all. Jesus is the only truth. He's the truth. He's the life. He's the way. And he said this, I tell you the truth. It's expedient. It's necessary that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the comforter, the parakletos, will not be able to come. Now listen, this is interesting. 
Hasn't the Holy Ghost always been on the earth? Yeah. There wasn't a trick question. How I many know when God said light be, if you study the word of God, God out, the Holy Ghost was brooding. God the Father said it, Jesus, Jesus made it, and the Holy Ghost manifested. That's the way it works. In the old covenant, were there miracles? Who did that? The Holy Ghost. How I many you know in Jesus' life and ministry, nothing happened until the Holy Ghost came on him? In other words, he wasn't healing any bird's wings, no matter what movie you watched. He could do nothing until after the Holy Ghost came on him. Right? Right? So the Holy Ghost has always been here because in the old covenant, he anointed the king, the priest, and the prophet, and those with a special assignment. He's always been here. So this is interesting. So he said, I have to go away because if I don't go away, the parakletos will not come. In other words, he's coming with a different assignment this time. He's going to keep doing what he's always done. But something else is about to happen. So if I depart, I'm going to send him. I'm going to send him for this specific assignment now to the body of Christ. He's the same Holy Listen, the, the Holy Ghost is not different. The Holy Ghost hasn't changed. And Jesus told us what was going to happen. Luke 24, 49. It says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. Upon you. Power towards you. Power in you, and now power on you. Power towards you, necessary. Power in you, glorious. Power upon you, woo-wee. Father, power upon And But you go tarry in the city of Jerusalem. This was their specific instruction. Wait till you be endued with power. Wait till you be endued with dunamis. Wait till you be endued with dunamis. Now, some of you know where I'm going because you were here first service, and some of you have been around me a long time. But see, I can't ever talk about dunamis without talking about dynamite. And I can't never say nothing about dynamite till I remember one of my favorite TV stars. Remember Jimmy. Some of you are too young. You need to go watch it. It was real TV. And every time something good happened, he'd go, Dynamite! Well, that reminds me of dunamis and the power of God. God wants your life explosive for good things. The devil tries to explode it the bad way, but God's always trying to explode it in the good way. But you need the power of God. Everybody just shout, shout dynamite. Woo! But tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with God's dynamite power, which is from on high. Glory to God. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Familiar scripture. But you shall receive power. You shall receive power. I just want you to know, you receive power. You receive power. A lot of people receive tongues, but you're supposed to get power. You're supposed to get power. Tongues is just an evidence. It's just an evidence. You're supposed to get power. You're supposed to get fire. Jesus is the baptizer of tongues. No, he's the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and fire. You're supposed to be endued with power from on high. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> I get excited about this stuff. I didn't grow up Pentecostal, but I got some Pentecostal roots somewhere in me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, and you say, well, that's a bad word. Don't use that. People don't like that word. Well, it just means spirit empowered. It means it talks about the manifestation of the spirit. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a denomination. Are, are you understanding me that, the, that God wants to, that power needs to be on you? It shouldn't be optional. Because it's not... 
it's not optional for it to be in you because if you're born again, that power is in you. It's not optional. I want, but I want to show you the power of God is supposed to be on you. So it's beyond you. So we're going to do that. We're going to have to look at the book of Acts. Now, when you look at the book of Acts, that's not a different church than us. It's not a different age. Same. Same church. It just, they started it. They started it. Not a different Holy Ghost. Not a different dispensation. But as a matter of fact, as you look at it, you understand the, the scripture. The glory of the latter house, and we're more latterer than they are, shall be greater than the glory of the former house. Or you could say the power in the end of days will be greater than the power at the beginning of the church. That's the way it's supposed to be. But God needs some people to cooperate. God needs some people to cooperate. Do I got any cooperators in the room ready to cooperate with the power of God? So Acts chapter 1. So this is what, what, what went on then, and I want to get you this. Not only if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized with the Holy Ghost with fire and power, then you can be filled today. We've got a group of people every Sunday. It's available. Uh, the, our prayer room workers know how to get you filled, saved, back to the Lord, and get you filled with the Holy Ghost. But on the other hand, um, you and I need to look at this no longer as optional. This is not something we put in the back room. We never have a cornerstone. But you see, you can't tell the Holy Ghost, you know, on Sunday mornings, you need to go sit in the back room. We'll call you on Wednesday. That's rude. And you're not the boss of him. And if you uninvite him one day, I guarantee you he's not showing up the other day. I make someone telling you, you know, we have a certain special thing going on on Mondays at work. We'd prefer you not to come on Mondays because we're afraid you might upset some people on Mondays. They won't be there on Wednesdays, so you can come on Wednesday. That's rude. It's wrong. Well, Pastor Mark, you know, I know what people are saying, you know, you know, some people, they don't like it wild. Well, I believe in decent and in order. And if you understand that, it goes on around here. Um, this is safe. You can have the power of God. You can have electricity safe. And so you can have the power of God without chaos. Everybody's not going around going to prophesy to you. You're not going to get 30 prophecies when you come on Sunday morning. People are not going to be slapping you on the back of the head while you're trying to worship God. You know what I'm saying? We got ushers that'll grab you. I mean, you understand? I mean, but we want to see the power of God in demonstration. Amen. But it can be decent and in order and still have power. And a, a person doesn't have to be afraid they're going to be attacked by the charismatic crazies. Lord have mercy. Help me. Um, where are we? Where are we? We're, we're in Acts, right? And we're in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, verse 4, commanded them that they should not depart. They should not depart from Jerusalem. But wait for the promise of the Father, says he, you have heard of me. For he, so he's repeating again. For John truly baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days. So Jesus said, what John said is right. Now, this is the time, and, and for this group, I need you to go and wait, okay? Verse 8, and you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you'll be my witness. So we need the power of God. It's not to thank God for going a witnessing, but we're supposed to be a witness. A witness of what? The resurrection power that's on the inside of us. 
So this power is endued, comes upon us, and it gives witness of the resurrection power that is on the inside of us. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So we got something working on the end. We got something towards us, the power towards us. We got the power in us. Now we're supposed to have some power on us. It's different. It's not just power in you. It's power upon. And if it was just good enough for you to have the power within, then this wouldn't be in the word. Okay. And what's going to happen? So you're going to go to be Jerusalem, Judea, and then you're going to go to Samaria. Uh-oh, we don't like those people. Them Samaritans. We don't like them. And the uttermost parts of the earth? Oh, we really don't like them. So, so the, the deal is he's telling them, okay, this power is going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone. This power is going to be far-reaching, and you can't contain it. It's not just for you four and you're no more and no more. It's for everybody. Amen. Amen. So we see that. Then we see this in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. You're very familiar with this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they're celebrating the Feast of Pentecost. They were all in one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. Woo-wee. And it filled the house where they were sitting. And they all appeared in them cloven tongues like as fire and sat on each of them. Everybody say, Holy Ghost. Holy Sit on me. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. So that's what the Word of God says. Now Peter's up preaching. You know, he couldn't talk to a little girl. He cussed and he denied Jesus. Jesus restored him. And now they're all assembled together. Jesus appeared to 500. 120 of them showed up. Now these 120 are all filled with the Holy Ghost. They are speaking in other tongues, but they have been endued with power. They've been transformed. And what happens? So Peter, who couldn't talk to a little girl, now suddenly is scheduled to preach the first service. And so he gets up with all boldness, and he begins to say some things. Verse 32 of Acts chapter 2. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. So we've all just received. You all don't know what's going on, but I can tell you, Jesus has been raised from the dead, power God. And we have just received the promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost, and he has shed forth this day, which now you see and hear. So that tells me when the power is present, there's something to see. There's something to see. And there's something to hear. Now, I know us faith people, we don't live by sight. I get that. You don't have to always go check in your body to see if you're healed. You believe you receive. But when the power of God is present, you're going to see something. Amen. You're going to hear something. Yeah. It's not dead. Amen. It's not a religion. Right. He's the living God. Yeah. His power's on display. Mm. Glory to God. Verse 38. Then Peter said to them, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So what's he talking about first? Well, he's talking about get saved and then get water baptized. Okay? So he's telling them to repent. What do you repent of? Rejecting Jesus. When you get water baptized, it's an outward evidence of inward happening. And then it says, after that, or and, not after, and. Because this could all happen just, just real quick. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, some people say, well, that's salvation. It's not salvation. It's not salvation. I'll show you some things in a minute. But so there, there's salvation, water baptism, then baptism of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, for the promise is unto you. Listen, if you've heard people say to you, well, that's not for today. Everybody grows up different. When you talk about tongues. I grew up, I mean, I was told, it's from the devil. <laughs> it's from the devil. It's 
stay away from them people. It's from the devil. And um, you may be told, well, it's not for today. Or you may have been told, well, it's for today, but it's not for everybody. And the devil will whisper to you, and you're part of the people it's not for. And then, you know, um, there's all kinds of extremes. Then some people believe the baptism of the Holy Ghost is salvation. It's not. It's not. Being born again is believing on Jesus, believing that he was raised from the dead, believe that in your heart, confess through the mouth. That makes you saved. And the Holy Spirit moves in. And you've heard some people say, well, I've got all the Holy Spirit there is. I don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't, I don't speak in tongues, but I've got all the Holy Ghost there is. No. Um, because you're going to see there's, three, there's distinct works here. And you got the Holy Ghost, and you're going to go to heaven, and your name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. But why would you stop when there's something extra? Right. Amen. Amen. Why would you stop? For the promise is unto you. Watch this. To your children. Then I hear Carrie singing in my ear. To your children and their children. Anyway. And to all. Watch this. And to all that are afar off. That's you. We're, we're far off from 2,000 years ago, but that's who it's for. This ought to settle it, but I got more and more scripture to settle it. Why am I telling you this? You say, well, Pastor Mark Cornerstone, we're all filled with the Holy Ghost, or most of us. And because, but you need to know why you believe what you believe. That's why you should come to Bible Institute. You need to know why you believe what you believe. Not just, well, I go to a church that believes that. No, you need to have scripture. Because if you don't have scripture for it, you ought not believe it. can't prove it by two or three witnesses in the Word of God, and it be a firm doctrine in the Word of God, you ought not believe it. And if you can't defend what you believe with Word, I don't know what you're defending. <laughs> but we can. And Jesus is the baptizer of the Holy Ghost Amen. and fire. And the Spirit of God should come after you're born again, should come upon you, and you should be endued with power. And the promise is to he was talking to them, the promises to you. Everybody that just heard us speaking in tongues in your language and worshiping God, it's to you and it's your children. And then they looked and said, he said by the Holy Ghost, and everybody that's afar off. So this goes on. And so it's for your, it's for you, it's for your children and their children. If Jesus tarries for their children, it's, it's, and it's for the world who will get born again. All right, got to move on. Whoo. How come y'all taking so long? Anyway, Acts chapter um, 8. Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. You see, Philip took what Jesus said literally. So he goes to Samaria. Because remember Jesus said, it's, it's uh, for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. So Philip, the evangelist, says, okay, I'm going to Samaria. So they believed Philip's preaching. They were all born again. Remember, they had miracles. But the whole city, everybody's born again. And then in verse 14, it says, Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John. Because well, you go back, you go back, um, verse 12, But when they believed Philip's preaching and things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. How many know you don't get water baptized till after you believe? So they believe something. They believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. So Philip, man, would that have been cool. A whole city. Everybody, 
the word doesn't exaggerate. All these people got born again. They, there was miracles. And then they had a huge, man, I'm baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I baptize in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. I baptize you in Jesus. I mean, I mean, he just baptized, baptized, baptized. I mean, and so he must have been tired because Philip can get people filled with the Holy Ghost because anybody can. But now that when the apostles, verse 14, which at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent in them Peter and John. When they went, came down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Here are these born-again people who have the Holy Ghost on the inside, who've been water baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and Jesus' name. They're saved, sanctified, ready for heaven, but that, not enough. Because if it was enough, Peter and John, because they don't know it or why they're even led to go down there, but, but Philip's about ready to take a ride. He's got, he's got an appointment. And so they come down, and he says, when they come down, pray for them, they might receive the Holy Ghost, for he yet had not fallen. So the Spirit of God in, like a well into salvation, but then there's the Holy Ghost upon, fallen upon. He hadn't fallen on any of them, and they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. And then Simon saw something, and he heard something. And then he went crazy. And he got in trouble. But the power of God is present, and they saw something, and they heard something, and it was this experience, this gift of the Holy Ghost was subsequent to what they had, they had believed on Jesus and been water baptized. Woo! Oh, I, I like this. If you've never been to um, Foundational Doctrines, Gail and I teach that, and she always saves this for me, and I don't think I'll ever give it up because I love teaching on this. Mm-hmm. I do. Acts chapter 8. No, we were there. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10. So we got, now we're in Italy. I don't know why Italy got to go first, but Italy. We got Cornelius. He was praying, giving alms. Good man. Angel came. We got Peter. It's lunchtime. Has a vision. Don't call anything unclean that I've called clean. What's God's getting ready for the Gentile church. Okay? So then, um, then Peter's preaching, verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell. Everybody say, the Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost fell. The Holy Ghost comes upon. Yes, you have the Holy Ghost in, but the Holy Ghost falls. The Holy Ghost comes upon. They heard the word. And they have the circumcision which believed were astonished. Because they're like, oh, these are unclean people. We don't like these people. These people aren't among us. <laughs> but God did it anyway. Amen. Because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can't be earned. Position-wise, you got to be born again. Watch. For they had heard them speak with... Uh, so, um, so anyway, let's... Um, 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 oh, Okay. So they heard them speak with tongues and, and magnify God. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid the water? What? Oh, oh, we got this out of order. You see, we have order. God has <laughs> salvation. Because right after you get saved, you can get born again. You, right after you get saved, you're born again. You can get filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then after that, he said, who can forbid them water? So let's get them baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, I thought you're supposed to get saved, then water baptized, then filled with the Holy Ghost. I tell this, uh, I, I have 
I did, I've only seen him do it a couple times. But I had this one a pastor that he hardly won't let anybody up out of the water until they speak in tongues. He believes in it so much from his background that he won't let hardly anybody out. And I've had a few people back there as the, filled with the Holy Ghost as they're getting up and going. So, so, so watch. So they, can any man forbid these water? They should not be baptized, which receive the Holy Ghost as well as we. All right? And so then they're baptized in the name of the Lord. Well, okay. So this is the deal. A lot of people say, well, fine, Pastor Mark. Um, you know, it happened in the day of Pentecost because the Jewish church had to start. It happened uh, in Samaria because those that were in the middle, neither Jews nor Gentiles, you know, kind of that, that had to, it had to start there. And then the Gentile church, it had to start there. Okay? So let me blow that one out of the water with this one. Acts chapter 19. Paul shows up at Ephesus. Because see, if that's true, all the three things have been met. But this keeps going on and on and on. And the book of Acts is the only book that doesn't have an ending to it. It's still being written. Because the Holy Ghost is still the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Let's, let's have some things to talk about. Woo! Here, Acts chapter um, 19. I know we're going a little bit long. Acts chapter 19. Um, it came to pass while Apollos was the Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, church of, you know, Ephesians, Ephesus. And he said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? So they must have been talking and they were saying, we believe something. We believe. And they said to him, uh, uh, who's the Holy Ghost? Because listen, y'all, if someone don't know who the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is, they are not born again. And he said to them, unto then what were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. And he said, oh, uh, John baptized the baptism of repentance, saying to the people they should believe on him which should come, that is, on the Christ Jesus. And so obviously then he stopped and preached Christ unto them. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So what happened? So they have been baptized with John's baptism. They're not born again. They're disinterested. They, you know, they think they're okay. But then he said, hey, hey you want to get filled with the Holy Ghost? Said, Holy Ghost? Who's the Holy Ghost? And he's like, oh, they're not born again. So he preached Christ unto them, gets them saved. And then they do the baptism, water baptism. And then what happens? Verse 6. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them. And when Paul, so I'm, I'm thinking, this is my imagination, but I'm thinking they're all standing in water. And, and when Paul laid, because it's his and, and then Paul laid hands on them. And the, the Holy Ghost came on them. The Holy Ghost came on them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So listen to me. I gave you all that doctrine because the power of God's towards you. The power of God's in you. And the power of God ought to be on you. Now, if you're already filled with the Holy Ghost, that's great and that's wonderful. But you didn't just get tongues, the evidence. You were supposed to get the power. Amen. You're supposed to get fire. It's supposed to be transformative. It's supposed to trans It's to make you a witness. A witness of what? The resurrection and the resurrection power on the inside of you. Believers, according to Jesus, ought to speak in other tongues. It doesn't mean salvation. It's just the infilling. Maybe some of you, this is new to you. And maybe it makes you a little skeptical. But I just gave you word after word after word after word. The devil for 2,000 years after he went, uh-oh. Should have never crucified the Lord of glory. Lord of glory. Lord of glory. Lord of power. Should have never crucified him. And then... 120 actually of the 500 showed up 
And when the devil saw the wind blow, the fire fall, and Peter, who he thought he had, shake off, after Jesus restored him, shake off all of that and keep his appointment to preach the first Pentecostal message. And then he saw those 3,000 men, plus the women and children, from all nations. I mean, when God starts something, he starts it big. Because there's all kinds of nations, all kinds of people in that one place. I mean, when God does something big, he does something big. I'm telling you, that power was important then, and that power is important now. Don't do without it. But have scriptural reason why. Um, so many times I've, I've watched people, not criticizing, in the effort to make people comfortable, don't want to talk about the Holy Ghost and power and tongues. You're never going to get that here. <laughs> You're going to get Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. We believe in the baptism. We believe in other tongues. But mostly we, that's an evidence. We believe in the power. It is essential right now that you not only get born again, and it's good to lead people in salvation, but you got to put them in an atmosphere where they can get filled with the Spirit of God. Because if Jesus, the head of the church, said it's necessary, it's necessary. He said, don't leave. He told them, don't leave without it. And the devil for 2,000 years has tried to downplay this and, and false doctrine about it and false supposition about it and all kinds of stuff. But we just got to stick with the church. We got to stick with the word. People's faith. <laughs> People's faith today wavers because it's word. Even if it's the word of God, it's only. There's no expectation of power. And their faith has nothing to rest on. Our faith is supposed to rest on, yes, the word, but the power, but the power, but the power. The gospel is not meant just to tickle the ear and soothe the conscience. When it's preached, it's meant to be demonstrated. It's meant to see transformations in people's lives. It's meant to heal bodies and get rid of anything the devil's trying to do in our lives. We need the power of God. I mean, he said this, and this is really strong, especially if you look at it in the Amplified Classic. He says this is going on in the last days. Pastor Rondo did a number of months ago about the last days. and At the very end of it, he says, um, basically run away from those who deny the power of God. Steer clear of them. They don't want anything to do with power, the power of God. He said, steer clear of them. Why? Because we need to be focused on Jesus, the baptizer of the Holy Ghost and power. And if you're filled, great. But we need to get people born again, and we need to get them in a place where they can hear the word so that they can get filled too. I don't know about you. I grew up not filled. I walked away from God. I came back to God. I got delivered. I started hearing the word, and I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I got some fire. And I want some more. 
I want some more. The thing about he the, he pours out of his spirit upon all flesh. He's still pouring. No, he's still pouring. He's still pouring. The last time I looked about it, you know, sometimes your fl- <laughs> if you need the power of God on on you anywhere, you need it on your flesh. Amen. Sometimes God will take your flesh, he'll grab it, he'll grab it and run it around the room. Hallelujah. He'll have you dance some stuff off of it. Hallelujah. While he's working on you. You know, uh, I know they don't do this hardly anymore, but you remember when you used to go to the dentist and get laughing gas? I, I think, you know, I, I went somewhere where they still did that. Ooh, it's good. Pull whatever you want. Hallelujah. Take it. Sometimes when you're laughing, you wonder what God's doing. He's taking some stuff. He, he, he just gets you a little bit of his Holy Ghost anesthesia. Then he'll go in there and rip something out of you. Hallelujah. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.